Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Commanders fans? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Commanders. I'm Brian Murphy, as always, joined by AAA Anthony Armstrong. We're going to have a special guest join us here in just a second, but just the two of us chopping it up right now. AAA, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, We're recording this a couple days after the Miami massacre, so just want to kind of lay out a timeline here, but how are you doing on this day? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just the two of us. We're going to make it if we try, Brian. We're going to keep this thing rocking. And and the the good thing about this, I'm always a positive person, is that commanders are on a bye week. Commanders are on a bye week, and that means you're going to have a very productive Sunday. That's right. Very productive Sunday. Last Sunday, I finished painting my front door during that game against Miami. It came out great. It came out perfect. So that's the only thing that came out great. So that's awesome. You know, to be able to step away and then uh, redirect my frustration and my anger towards some paint and a brush came out well. So uh, I'm doing well, man. But this is a good game, a good week uh, to really be chopping it up with you. A lot of stuff going on out there in the in the news, and we'll I'll ask you these things right now. Yeah. One of the biggest leaders, one of the most vocal people that you hear on this team said that he is 1000% thinks about leaving. I want to know, what would you do, Brian Murphy? What would you do uh, if you're one of the front office people? You don't have to be all the way up to to uh, Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails status, right. Urban Urban Magic Murphy over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what would you do, man? You got John Allen. He says he thinks about leaving. What do you do? What do you think? It's a it's a bad spot, man. And from one of your captains, uh, nonetheless. I mean, if it were just you know some guy, if it were uh, a frustrated third, second or third year player. Um, I'd be frustrated. I'd be frustrated, but I'd be like, Oh, that's a young guy talking, but I don't think uh, this annoyed me more than anything. And, and maybe I'm speaking, you know, out of emotion with this team in an all but lost season. And then to see the, see one of your captains who always preaches, you know, the team first and, and wanted to do things the right way to say, this is kind of Bush league to me. And I understand it's frustrating, and I understand that this offseason is going to be big for um, not just the team, but, but he's right. I mean, it's going to be big for a bunch of these players. Like, are you going to stick around through uh, a new core, you know, a new coach, a new GM, all that? I understand that, but that's for that's for after the season. And, and I know he gets asked these questions; you got to answer it. But I just kind of got grown sick of hearing Jonathan Allen talk. I just think that he, he has not made enough impactful plays for him to be kind of talking as much as he has this season. Mm-hmm. He's a solid player, but he is not the guy that that they paid. And he is not he's not turning out performances like we've seen from other defensive tackles across the league. And so it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And if that's the case, man, just just stay home for the last month. If that's really what you know, if that's what you're thinking, um, then then why don't we just make it a little bit easier for you and, and stay home the rest of this this month? And I understand that's not how you do it necessarily. But, man, it, it was frustrating to hear that on top of what had already happened on the field. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, you think about it back in, what was it, uh, in Vegas with Derek Carr. They just kind of told him to stay away from the team for the last yeah. uh, bit of the year. And I can get behind that as well. Um, I guess it's just showing up. But I want to make sure we give a shout-out to our sponsors really quickly, the folks over there at betonline.ag. Shout-out to them. Hit them up. Use our code, welcome code, believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get that 50% welcome bonus. Let's welcome in the great, the notorious. Chris Russell, bringing him into the stage. Chris Russell, you get brought in, sir, right during 
the hot question. What's up with John Allen? What are we doing? What would you do? Uh, uh, welcome in, number one. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, first of all, good afternoon. Sorry, sorry, I'm running a little bit late, but you guys know DC traffic. I mean, routed all mm. over the place. Just an absolute zoo trying to get into the studio. Uh, but good to be with you guys. Um, you know, as far as Jonathan Allen goes, I, I mean, look, um, I know he's frustrated. He's got every right to be frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. It's been a long seven years for him. We all know he's used to winning. Um, Anthony, you didn't play with him. So I, you know, I don't know how much, you know, from, you know, afar of his personality. I don't know him super well, except he's a super high wired, tight wired dude. Like the, he doesn't have a lot of, um, I guess for lack of a better term, sentimentality, like he's just like a robot sometimes when it comes yeah. to winning and the things he says and the things he thinks, so none of this surprises me. It's been building, of course, throughout this year. Uh, I think everybody kind of got fooled with the 2-0 and start and, you know, hey, Chase is back and we're going to have this great defense and blah, blah, blah. And then it completely unravels. And he's looking around and saying, man, I'm 29 years old. Am I ever going – never mind win a championship. Never yeah. mind compete for a championship. Am I ever going to be on a winning football team? He hasn't been because the last time they had a winning season – was 2016 before he got here. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? I mean, he's he's had a hell of an impact on the team. He does a, he does a lot of great things. Hell of a leader. Um, but that I can say I agree with Brian before you joined us, Chris. He, Brian was saying he's like, man, I just don't like hearing that from my captain, um, from one of the guys that you look to for an emotional support to help mm -hmm. uplift this young, now even younger defensive line without having sweat and having young. Uh, and now you're hearing it from John Allen saying he wants out too, or he thinks about wanting out. Uh, I get, I get the sentiment where you're just like, you know, what? we go ahead and let you do that thing. Go ahead and let you go on about your way. Uh, send him somewhere, trade him wherever he wants to go, and then uh, just build your team from there. Because frankly, if I'm in that locker room, if I'm a receiver over there now, I'm thinking I want people that want to be here. I want mm -hmm. people that want to try to build something. I know he's it's been a long time. I get it. I get it. But. Sometimes you just got to stick some things through, man. And and uh, if if you if if you're as close as you think this team could be, then then uh, I think it's worth sticking around. But nonetheless, I, I mean, I I totally out. understand the whole. And uh, I'll just jump in. I totally understand that philosophy of that's not something ideally you want to hear from your leader, from your captain. Totally get it. Um, he probably should have not said that on the radio. Mm. That being said, it was good for us because he said it on the radio, right? <laughs> um, that being said. Um, here's what I'll say. Um, John is a new, a no BS artist. He doesn't say or not say what he thinks you want to hear or what you don't want to hear. He's conveyed his frustrations to anyone and everyone. Um, there is a part of this fan base that says, good, good riddance. He hasn't done anything. Look, he had one tackle on Sunday. He's a non-factor. I don't think that's fair. That being said, there is nobody currently on this roster that is untradeable. Nobody. Yeah. You so, talk about that. Yeah. Right. yeah. You talk about that. Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say I largely agree, and I think even Terry McLaurin, your newly named Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year nominee, very cool. But I think even him, who is a fan favorite, who is – you know, I think I think everybody, despite all of the the issues that have gone on around this team, I think Terry McLaurin might be that one thing that we can all agree on how special he is and how how great he is for this team. But I'm I'm with you. I, I kind of tweeted it out. 
there that that this nobody on this team is is untouchable. Maybe yeah. maybe coming into this year, I felt differently, but. If, if you're really going to turn this over and you're going to get away from this mediocrity, which at right now that's what you're capping out at, yeah. everybody has to be available for uh, for inspection and for, for the chance to, to potentially be out of here one way or another. Yeah, yeah. To your point, your point on that, Brian, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I Like before this year, I would have thought Terry, John, right. and Duran, because of his contract, were untradeable. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where the list would end. Um, maybe Brian Robinson. Yeah. But right now, I don't. I don't even. I certainly wouldn't put John on that list. Duran, I have to. Not necessarily because of his production, but because of of the extreme dead money cost that it would cost or hurt the Washington Commanders to trade him. Uh, in addition to the fact that he still certainly has talent. Now it's not been as consistent this year. Terry's the one real interesting one. Is this a bad fit in the enemy system? Is he dealing with something that, you know, like a toe injury from earlier this year that we've heard about that he hasn't really been on the injury report for is, has he lost a step? Is he not getting separation because of some other thing that I can't figure out? Here's what I know. He hadn't caught a touchdown pass since early in that second Philadelphia game, that was on, I think, uh, mm-hmm. October 29th, guys. It's now December 5th. And even when you, like, the, the criticism is, well, well, just throw him the football. And, 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 Anthony, we talked about this last week on my radio show. Yeah. Just throw him the football. Well, the problem is, is when he's had double target or double-digit targets this year, he's had a very low conversion ratio, like, you know, 11 targets, four catches. Hmm. 10 targets, five catches. Now that's not always his fault. Sometimes that's the quarterback. Sometimes that's whatever, but it's not like that's been the automatic missing ingredient just to feed Terry. So I don't know exactly where we're at and how a new staff would kind of evaluate Terry. Would they evaluate him as a number one or Hmm. would it be as a number two? And if he's a number two, is he getting paid too much money to be a number two? Yeah, that's that's something to consider, and we lead into talking about how some players won't endorse Eric Bieniemy, and I've saw some people put that maybe Terry McLaurin is on that list of guys who aren't wouldn't necessarily give you know uh, the nod to to Eric Bieniemy. Uh, what are what are your thoughts to that? I actually just came across another tweet that say the Bears are interested in Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. uh, for their head coaching position to replace Matt Eberflus. Mm-hmm. Do you see Eb getting out of DC? Or do you think he would end up staying here as head coach? Right now, I would lean towards him not returning right now. I do think he'll get an interview for the head coaching position. Let's start with that. And I do think he's earned that. I don't think he'll get it. And I don't think he'll be here right now. Barring some sort of major significant change over the next four games, the last four games, I just... I don't see enough proof in the pudding to say we have to keep this guy just because we're afraid that we're going to put Sam in a different language, a third NFL language in three years, and really a fourth in four years if you go back to his final year at North Carolina, right? Uh, and I am concerned about that, make no mistake about it, but I'm, I don't even know if the new administration, the new staff would consider that to be an issue because they might not consider Sam to be the guy that they want to be their starter, or at the very minimum, you would figure it would be an open competition with somebody that they draft or sign. That being said, um, it look, if, if EB could get the Chicago Bears head coaching job, by all means, 
get it. I know there's a connection with the GM, Ryan Poles. I know he was bypassed for that a couple of years ago when they chose to hire Matt Eberflus. Poles was in Kansas City uh, for a while with EB. So, I, I mean, clearly they're looking for kind of the opposite, I would think, and maybe a little bit more of a hard ass uh, and somebody to work with, presumably Justin Fields or presumably somebody that they draft because they have two top what is looking like two top five picks. And if you have two top five picks, you do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I mean, if you're not walking away with Caleb Williams or, or Drake may or Jalen Daniels, I mean, you're doing it all wrong, whether Justin Fields works or doesn't work, whether you trade him, you don't trade him, whatever the case might be. I, and I think, I, I think, look, I'm disappointed how it's worked out for EB here, guys. Uh, I really thought he would run the ball more. He hasn't. The last month he has. I really thought there would be more of a championship culture installed. I can't tell if there has been one because uh, the players have squawked, which makes me think that there was a little bit more of a championship culture and or a hard-ass culture installed than certainly Scott Turner and what, what was what was here under Ron Rivera and Scott last year or for the first three years. I just don't know if it's been enough advancement statistically and growth-wise for anyone coming in here to say, oh, we got to keep EB. Maybe the best shot of that is if they hire a defensive-minded head coach, which I know a lot of fans bristle at, but there's four or five that I just listed on Twitter last night, overnight, that, you know, like maybe if you hire a Brian Flores for argument's sake, maybe he looks around and says, you know what? I want to keep continuity on offense. I want to keep the same system, language, whatever. Apologize, got a little uh, choked up there. Um, and I want to keep sure. the EB. And, and, and yeah. I want to keep Sam comfortable. Sure. And, and if anybody's yeah. not happy with it, if it's Terry, if it's Jahan, if it's Logan, if it's Charles Leno, if it's Antonio Gibson, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Yeah. Mm. I, I I really feel like with this EB thing that it's not uh, it's not so cut and dry what the answer is. I think there's a little bit of everything because I think you're right. I think he did some really good stuff about their conditioning and and things like that that did pay off. But I think maybe some of this is more of an indictment not on him but on these players. Maybe they're a little bit softer than we thought, and maybe for as hard nosed as Ron Rivera kind of had that reputation coming in. Maybe that's dwindled a little bit here. Maybe he just didn't have some hard nosed guys and some real dogs out there for lack of a better term. And if you're, if you're Eric Bieniemy, who wouldn't take the number one overall pick if mm-hmm. he's having to pick between Chicago or potentially, uh, you know, uh, interviewing here, but sticking with the head coach, I, I, we're kind of already going there. How attractive of a spot is Washington? I, I had put this out and I got a little bit of traction um, from people. I listed out, I think, 10 teams. You know, I listed Atlanta and Newton, uh, the Jets and, and, and the Patriots and a few other teams that I just, you know, potentially could, not necessarily for sure. But how attractive is this, this job, do you think, Chris? And, and Anthony, obviously, jump in as well. But it feels like there's, uh, there's something under the surface here with Washington. And I don't feel like I'm being biased as a fan, but, I mean, new ownership, the chance for a couple of, uh, you know, five picks in the top 100 or whatever it is. But how attractive do you think a, an outsider would find this job? Yeah, and, and possibly over, you know, $80 million in cap space. Right. The number you hear a lot is 90. That's going to whittle get whittled down, guys, because of, um, you know, incentives that are earned and how they compute the salary cap. By the time we get to free agency, I don't believe that number is going to be 90, but it'll probably be in the 80-ish range. But either way, that's still a lot of money along with the draft picks. And even if your roster is torn to the studs, 
and 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 some guys are going to get traded and and you know based on your own evaluation i still think it is very attractive i think it is top 3 uh in terms of my the way i view it with the chargers being number 1 because of justin herbert but nothing else really sits well with me about the Chargers. I, I mean, they have some defensive talent, some big-time defensive talent, but for whatever reason, it has not played well enough together consistently, and it has not stayed on the field. So you you kind of like, all right, well, the Chargers are probably the best mix on both sides of the ball, but for whatever reason, it hasn't come together. But you start there with the quarterback. The second one, probably I would put the Bears. You know, they're they're right now building their defense, obviously trading for and re-signing Montez Sweat. They spent a lot of money on Tremaine Edmonds. Who knows what they're going to do with Jalen Johnson on the back end? They got to deal with that. But th they have some pieces there, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, uh, so on and so forth. And again, they have two what looks like top five picks. And then I would probably say Washington is number three. That's where I come in right now. I mean, could a reasonable argument be made for number two? Yes. Number one, I don't see it, but I, I guess to each his own. Um, the more important thing is you don't have the, oh, I can't work for Dan Snyder. Yeah. You don't have that. And, and I think uh, I kind of added this too, and I'm about to have to run. Uh, you offended me, Chris, with your answer that was so good. I just I'm done. Uh, but no, uh, I, I think we kind of alluded to it a little bit. Is Sam Howell your guy? And I think that could ultimately be uh, a decision the head coach A has to make. But B, you have a top five pick then that you can go do something else. And I know Anthony and I, I kind of disagreed on what we would do with the top five pick, but um, I, I think that Sam Howell could be the the ultimate wild card for some of these teams and. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on what Washington would do with that top five pick like Anthony just put on the screen. But also, do you think Sam Howell's uh, the long term answer if you were the coach or you were a new coach coming in right now? What I've evaluated, and this is just me, uh, which means nothing, is he is at the very minimum a a lower tier starter in the NFL at the very minimum, a really, really, really a plus backup. And I think if surrounded properly and if coached properly, and if can, he could stay in the same system and grow with more years of experience, more practice, more everything, he could be a middle tier ish good starter in the mm -hmm. NFL for a long time. I don't think he'll be as good as ultimately Kirk Cousins turned out to be, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think he's got some of those traits with plus mobility and plus off-platform stuff. The problem is, is he's right now much more erratic and much more hesitant with the football uh, in terms of throwing it and releasing it than even a young Kirk Cousins was. And, you know, Anthony, I mean, obviously you remember what that situation was like here with Robert and Kirk and so on and so forth. Um that being said, if I was a new regime and a new administration, I would not want to move up. If I was in the four to six range, I would want to stay in that range. Even if it cost me Caleb Williams and Drake May, I would consider, again, the LSU quarterback, Jalen Daniels, or maybe somebody else. However, what I would I would say is this. If the right guy, and I feel really good about a guy like Daniels from LSU or somebody like that, and I'm not sure about Penix or Bo Nix, I got to do more work on them. 
If I if the right guy fell to me and I felt good about him, I wouldn't hesitate at four, five, six to take him and add him to the Sam Howell mix and mm. let the two battle it out. Mm. See, I, I, I like Sam. And earlier, way at the beginning of this thing, I, I gave him a comparison to Rex Grossman. And it was stature. It was, you know, frankly, I think he throws the ball well. Probably has a bigger arm than him. But he he has the ability. To just, he'll, he'll throw that ball into double coverage because he trusts his guys. Yeah. Rex would do that all the time. Now, just like you're saying, we're watching him grow in front of us. Um, he, he is, he's only had how many starts in this league? What? Four, 15? 14, so he had, yeah. 14, yeah. 15 snaps. He's been going against a lot of veteran defensive coordinators. I feel like it's been, I feel like that's the hot thing. Now you get a young offensive mind coach, get a good veteran defensive coordinator, because that seems to be a, a, a good mix that's been working around. Look in Miami, look in, uh, in shoot, uh, Cleveland has Jim Sean Schwartz McVay over there. That. Sean McVay went and got Wade Field because he wanted to not have to worry about that side. Right. So, but you know where it's opposite Houston, and look at C.J. Stroud. Yeah, but that now, mind you, that right there is is, I think that's continuity from D'Amico Ryan's trusting his guy and Bobby Slogan Jr. Um, and then they just have everything on the same page. I mean, they tore everything down in that organization and then brought it all back up together. Now, is Washington going to be able to do that? Who knows? I think now. Without Dan Snyder being the big, you know, black cloud hanging over the organization, people are willing to get up there uh, and do something uh, with Washington. Say, so, Brian, I know you need to yeah, slide yeah, out here. I yeah? got to get out of here. I'll let you guys finish it. Looking forward to uh, hearing the rest of the conversation. Right, Brian, Thanks so here. much, Chris. Good to see you, man. Appreciate see it. Yeah. Being late. Um, no yeah. I, I mean, Anthony, I, you know, look, there's so many ways I could go with this. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm just not one of these guys that even though that seems to be the more successful model, hire the hot young offensive assistant, hire the veteran defensive coordinator, and you cited plenty of great examples, and I'm with you. Yep. I, you know, um, he, and, and here's an interesting question that I would have for you. Is it more important to have a boy wonder, somebody who could draw up any kind of scheme, any kind of play, and 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 you know, and be that type of coach, but not be a leader of men? Mm. Or is it more important to have a leader of men and somebody who's been, you know, a head coach maybe before, or somebody who has been around this game for a long time? Mm. You know, uh, I had Mike Mayock the other day suggest strongly a guy like Rich Basaccia, mm. who, you know, was the Raiders interim coach after John Gruden was fired, now in Green Bay, special teams coordinator, might go back to the Raiders, who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, somebody like that, where you have a head coach that is a leader of men and when things go wrong, but that can kind of help both sides of the football, sure. really all three phases, as opposed to just this boy wonder, yeah. you know, that so many teams are hired. And I'm not saying Ben Johnson of Detroit or Bobby Slowick Jr. of, of Houston is not a leader of men yeah. i just don't associate them being leaders of men right in the classic sense and maybe i'm overrating that i don't know no you i don't think you're wrong and i i have a philosophy when it comes to to teams and team building uh i think that when you have young undisciplined teams you need somebody like a I always go back to the Bill Parcells tree because that's a no nonsense if you're not 10 minutes early you're late um we're not 
tolerating any of the whining, the crying, like you're going to do the things that we need you to do. I think that's what EB brought. I think, and, and I, I wish I could be in the building and just to see how things are handled day to day, because knowing that you have that level of discipline and, and that level of accountability, it's either going to be you either show up and do it or you get up out of here. And, yeah. and I'm wondering if, if EB is like, hey, you got to do it my way until I can release the range and allow you to do things elsewhere elsewhere and kind of freestyle a little bit um but when you go with those young those young boy wonders i think you're limited like you said on on being able to lead the men because you need those guys you need to, those young guys i think mike mcdaniel he connects with his players mm -hmm. and and i know that him um kyle shanahan does a great job of this where he's like hey look i'm the coach i understand that but i respect y'all what y'all do what y'all do is difficult and and players can appreciate that they can appreciate that. I, I do feel the the 60, 70, 80 year old coach is is slowly fading away. That's why I'm not I'm not a really big fan of Bill Belichick coming into town. Cause I think if if you if you if you have a problem with EB, I don't think you're gonna want the Patriot way. You no, know what I'm saying? I don't I think those two things are gonna go the same. Um, I but I love Rich Basaccia. And I, frankly, I love a lot of special teams coaches. I think of like Chris Tabor was in Cleveland, uh, Danny Smith, who was in Washington for the longest and made his way to Pittsburgh and is still there. Mm -hmm. Special teams coaches are special because they work with they have to work with three quarters of the roster. Yep. And they have to deal with players that have to drop their pride because yep. you think about it. Everybody shows up to the league. They were a star somewhere. Mm -hmm. But now, hey, man, you need to cover this punt. You need yeah, to no, I, I agree. And Tabor obviously is the interim head coach in Carolina, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, forever um, uh, the Kansas City uh, special teams coordinator. I'm 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 blanking on his name. Taub, Dave Taub, yeah. I think it is, yep. has been mentioned as one of the. You know, it's that's kind of slowed down a little bit, but he's been a guy that's been mentioned. Um, you, you know, they don't get uh, much throughout love. the years. Special What's teams that? coaches don't get much love. Yeah. The only exactly. one, the biggest one, I think, is Harbaugh. Harbaugh was a special yes. teams coach, yes. and he went to Baltimore. And Absolutely. You know what he's done over there. So. I mean, the rest is history. So, now, listen, is that going to work out that way every time? I, I Probably not, and I don't know. But here's here's what I would say. Anybody that is telling you that you should only hire an offensive-minded head coach in today's NFL – I believe this is me is setting themselves up for failure. I disagree with that strongly. I'm not opposed to it. Of course, I understand where the game is going, but if you have a mentality that that's the only thing you should consider, and especially here, because you're coming off of, you know, a defensive minded head coach and Ron is considered a fossil. So the fan base is going to want just the opposite. Remember when, when Ron came in here, it was, Oh my God, whoever we hire, they've got to play a four, three because th this three, four thing isn't working. You know, I mean, they killed the three, four. Now everybody wants to go back to a three, four because the four, three hasn't worked. Everybody yeah. wants to go to an offensive minded head coach because yeah. the defensive minded head coach was a disaster. Everybody wants to go to an offensive minded head coach because that's where the game is. Well, but guess what? Scoring across the league is down the last two years. The last two years. So maybe that's not where you want to go. 
Maybe yeah. that's not what you want to do. Maybe you want to have a really good progressive offensive coordinator, a young offensive coordinator that can grow with your young quarterback, and you yeah. can have a defensive-minded head coach. There's lots of ways to chop this up, dice it up. Yeah. You know that, Anthony. You you know that just because you're from one side of the ball doesn't mean that you are absolutely going to be a great head coach. But I will tell you that I'd like if I could figure out a way, somehow, some way, to if we're going to go on the offensive side, I'd like somehow, some way to dip back into that Shanahan pool, Man. you know, which you were a part of. Uh, Man. I, I mean, I look at the picture over here, but I, yeah. I, my issue with that is I, I, I don't know this, but I feel like those are some loyal folks. I know. And I, I think that they're saying, once you burned the the top of the tree, you're not getting us back. I understand. I and understand. there may be there may be one person that that matriculates out of that that makes their way. But I honestly, looking at this picture, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I think what what you need in this organization is an ultimate somebody that's going to be able to lead this team and lead these guys to to move together in one direction. All right? I don't care offensive, defensive. Because I mean, you look at Dan Campbell. He's doing a great job in Detroit. He's motivated those guys. His personality, you see it show up on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and he's getting the most out of those players. Do I think that they have, like, the top team in the league? No, they don't have it. If you look by paper. But the way that they execute, the way that they move in one unit, they, they're giving teams some fits and they're able to win those tough games. Washington is not there yet. I mean, I was Let telling me, Brian as well. That just for your opinion on this, because you brought it up, would – you know, Ben Johnson, who's his offensive coordinator who calls plays and everybody's, you know, got their skirts blown up about, right? I I, I think I think he's done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But but that's exactly the type of situation that I'm talking about. Dan Campbell is a leader of men. I mean, that dude yeah. you, just oozes, yeah. oozes leadership, right? And I, yeah. I've never met him, I've never worked with him. I don't know if you have. But if you take the Ben Johnson out of Detroit. And you don't have the Dan Campbell over him and leading the the overall familia. Is it the same? And that's yeah. kind of the the crossroads that I'm at. Is I know that dude can draw plays on a chalkboard. I, yeah. I have no problem. But can he get the most juice yeah. out of the orange or 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 the most blood out of the rock? Whatever yeah. analogy you want to use. I don't know that, Anthony. I don't. Nobody know. knows. You you don't. I mean, you don't know until you get them in the building. And then, frankly, a lot of these owners are 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 writing a lot of checks to coaches that they're letting go. Like, I mean, how the hell? How the hell is David Tepperfield? He's written off about a hundred million dollars of guaranteed money between two coaches over the past, you know, three four years. Matt Rule making a whole bunch of money. Now he's in Nebraska, and well, then Frank Reich was down there for a half a season, and I mean, now he's gone. Money. It's monopoly money. It is. It is. It's, it's monopoly money. And the the thing for me is that it's 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 very frustrating when there are people in build in the building, and I can't even say if it's in Washington, but there are there's generally somebody in the building that that players kind of get behind, and they kind of can feel that same energy. And a lot of times it is special teams coaches, yeah. um, but there's some there's got to be somebody out there. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, it, you know, no offense to Nate Katzer, who's the current special teams coordinator here, and yeah. he, had honestly, like, I mean, he spanned, Jay, Jay hired him, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Jack and, and Ron kept him because he was, you know, A, had done a pretty decent job in the one year, and B, he had a connection with Jack from down in Jacksonville, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, 
but it, it's not him. I, I, I don't, I don't feel inspired or cultivated or whatever by him. Maybe it's me, man. Maybe it's you. Maybe you it's know? me. I mean, I ain't throw my got, name in the hat. If they got Anthony Armstrong in there as the head coach, I mean, I know hey. I would get plenty of breaking news stories because you'd, <laughs> you know you'd, you'd take care of your boy, right? I got you. I got you. We'd, we'd have a hell of a time. I'll say, let me say this. If I was the head coach uh-huh. in Washington, I would be I would be that coach that's like involved in on both sides, getting back and forth. Yeah. And and I'm 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 a detail oriented guy to where I would want to know, hey, I want to ask the defensive lineman, hey, what is the secondary doing on this play? Yeah. I want you to know these things because yeah. I think that all that stuff plays well together. I think mm-hmm. that you know when Cam Curl's able to get people lined up right, the defense plays well. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I don't, I want my coaches to do their thing. Yeah, right. I would want my coaches to do their thing. Let the defensive coordinator run his show. Let the offensive coordinator run his show. If, if something's not going right, well, we got to get that thing fixed. And I think a lot. I mean, it feels like a lot of times too passive for Ron v- Rivera this past season. Yeah, he just kind of just kind of kind of let things happen. And and I and I get it. He's at the end of his career, and he's he's been through a lot, a lot. I mean, health wise, family wise, and just so much. I get it. Where you just kind of like, hey man, y'all figure it out, right? Y'all figure it out. I'm tired of yelling and screaming, but hey, something has to start moving some things in the right direction. It feels like it's been the same story for the past quarter of a century, but. For what it's worth, you're only seven months into a new relationship, and that's the ownership group. Um, so as much as it sucks to say preach and preach patience, yeah, at least let these folks get into the offseason. I'm going to let you go with this. Anthony Armstrong for president and Anthony <laughs> Armstrong for head coach of the Washington Commanders. You know, that might, that, that might get me moved back up north. I love my house down here in Texas. I wouldn't sell it, but you know what? I'd, I'd I'd come on back to Ashburn if I if I needed to run the show. So sign me up, man. Sign me up, man. Oh uh, man, but pre- Chris, I appreciate you coming on here, man. I, uh, thanks for taking the time, chopping it up with a little Commanders talk with the bye week. Thank I gosh, appreciate you, my friend. So uh, far thank you down for coming the line. on the radio last week. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Um, and uh, you know, all my best to your you and your family, and and we'll talk again real soon. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about. Absolutely. You know it well, man. That's Chris Russell. Check him out on Twitter. Check him out on the radio up there in the DMV area. He's covering everything. Commanders. We're going to let you go, Chris. You get out of here. You have a good one. Thanks, Anthony. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you a state of the team from me. Former player, been in the locker room, been in the building, been in NFL locker rooms. You're at a point with this organization where things have been rocky and mediocre for years. For years. That's that is what has become synonymous with the burgundy and gold. And obviously, that's not good enough. That's not what anybody is trying to have. That's not what anybody's trying to settle for. So now you're at this this turning point where you're either gonna you gotta go up or you gotta keep going down. Uh people are upset. John Allen's upset. Some players aren't trying to endorse EB as the head coach. Uh, but this team needs some organization, uh, some organization needs some direction. And whoever ends up being this head coach this season, they're going to have to be able to get everybody moving in that same direction. You have to be able to move in the same direction and have one goal that everybody's working towards. If it means that your your targets go down in order for this team to get some wins, then so be it. 
then so be it. I think that this is a an ultimate case study in building a team. Uh, you've got the money to spend. You're going to have some draft capital uh, and you got some players that apparently don't want to be around and you have some trade bait as well. So in my opinion, do what you got to do to get this team pointed in the right direction. Get the right coaches in there and allow this thing to work. All right. Allow this thing to work. I know everybody wants to compare to the other organizations and say, oh, Miami turned it around in a year or uh, uh, this other organization, Detroit turned it around in a short amount of time. They got some some uh, some some differences in their in their roster. Sure. Uh, and there is there improvement that they can be made on the offensive side for Washington. Absolutely. I do think that uh, Coach Bieniemy and whoever becomes the offensive coordinator needs to lean on Brian Robinson some more. They need to run the ball some more. There's a lot of weapons on the outside, but you can't get everybody the ball at once. Uh, and you got a young quarterback. So the one way to protect them is to run that pill, run that ball. But, but it all starts up front. It all starts up front. What's your offensive line looking like? How are they protecting the quarterback? Are they protecting the quarterback? That's something that we got to consider. So Washington fans, man, I tell you what. It's been a long, long season leading up into this bye week. It's been it's been a frustrating season. I, I've seen multiple iterations of this commander's team. They've been uh, they play up to some some opponents. They play down to uh, more opponents than not. Uh, they've gotten 40 hung on them a few times this year. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. You got to look in the mirror and decide what are you going to do? What are you trying to be in this league? Or do you want to be in this league? Not just from the fact that you have a big salary, but are you playing to the level to stay in this game? Because teams are making decisions across, across this league and you got an ownership group that's ready to make something happen now. So if you're a commander's player, man, Hey, step up, find a way to get better over these last four weeks. And is, is it a win? You're trying to get wins. Sure. You're trying to get wins, but I want to be able to look on tape and say, this guy's playing hard. This guy's putting himself in a position to be successful. We can work with this type of player. Because if you have those type of guys on the field, you can overcome a lot. You can really overcome a lot. And uh, I, I think there are a lot of good pieces here with this team. But ultimately, it's the same team that we had coming into the season. I said that at the best, you're looking at a 10-win team at best. But the way that schedule was laid out, I was like, they're going to have to beat a lot of teams that they're not better than. The Buffaloes, the Miamis, uh, uh, Philly, Dallas, right? Apparently, New York. There's a lot of teams that you're going to have to beat that – you know, on paper, you're not better than. But then on the flip side, you got to beat the teams. You got to handle the teams that you are better than. The Chicago's, the New York's with a backup quarterback who's living at the crib, saving that money. You got to beat those teams. You got to beat those teams. And if you're a leader on the defense and you're making all this noise, hell, make the play so you can beat those teams. You know that you got a rookie quarterback. You know that you got an offense that takes a little bit of time to get goal. Hey, we got to step up on defense. All right? You got to step up on defense and make some plays. All in all, man, it's been a long, frustrating year. But right now, you look in the mirror you, and you got to decide what's going to be my future in this league. What's your future in this league? You'll figure out if it's going to be with this team. But is it going to be in this league? There's some players that have some ability and, and they're good. They are talented. But, man. You, if you're on the roster, you've been on the roster for multiple seven, eight win seasons in a row. I mean, hey, you got to look at yourself and find, hey, do I need to do better? Because there's draft capital and there's uh, free agency money to be spent. And, and we already know in this league they are looking for replacements. 
They're looking for replacements. So this last four weeks of the year, man, from the commanders, I am looking for a team to show up inspired. I ain't even worried about the W. I want to see you guys play well. I want to see them put some good product on the field. If a W happens, and hey, I'm going to clap my hands and be happy for it. But ultimately, you got a tough four-game stretch. Play up to these opponents. Um, and, and that's that, man. But hey, shout out to the folks over there at betonline.ag. Use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get your 50% welcome bonus. Follow us on Twitter, IG, TikTok, at Believe Commanders. Uh, jump into that conversation. I would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. I've, I've read it on the Twitter, and you know it's a negative negative space for uh, for Washington football Twitter. Um, and there's just a lot to go on. But when you go in one direction, you get everybody moving in one uh, one full bit of force, and you're gonna make some things happen. Uh, listen to us on TuneIn Radio as well, folks, SiriusXM, Watch Stadium, and all your favorite streaming platforms. And you can also catch us on Reach TV's The Game Plan. I'm Anthony Armstrong. Brian Murphy was here. He dipped out of here. Chris Russell was here. Shout out to him for being a guest. Y'all be good, Commanders fans. We'll catch y'all later on this week. Stay out of trouble. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.